Are you tired of people always telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. Are you ready to actually do something about it? Hi, I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the past 30 plus years, I've been blessed to speak and to impact thousands of people around the world. I've shared the stage with the world's top thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm also a personal development, lifestyle, and business coach, event producer, and entrepreneur with businesses in over 25 countries. I'm a wife and a proud mama to three and a bonus mom to one. Trust me when I tell you, it took me many years of buying into my old story of I'm not enough and lots of grit to finally let go of the BS. So I understand firsthand what it means and what it took. They don't call it the school of hard knocks for nothing. This podcast is my way of breaking down the BS filters of what we say, what we do, and how we interact with others. I will be sharing what worked for me, yet more importantly, what didn't work for me. This is a no fluff podcast where we will address real life issues, real issues that seem to surface when you least expect it, relationship conflict and breakdowns, and real solutions. I will share from my life experiences and those of other everyday heroes, as well as the world's top experts are all here to help you grow through the process of letting go and finally expressing your true voice, who you are and what you stand for. In a world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, it's hard to know what is real. And are you taking in so much information, but not applying what you've learned? In my life, I always look to the people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to get honest and forthcoming with me to help me grow through these challenges. Trust me, I've had them all, and I'm going to take the time to be as real as possible and get to solutions. I've had financial issues, parenting issues, marriage issues, emotional issues. You know, the list goes on. I've learned from my challenges, I've grown from them and continue to learn from them. I see them now as opportunities. With this podcast, we're going to tune up our lives. I'll be your cup of espresso to get you through whatever you're going through in your life that's holding you back, to give you that confidence and trust of knowing someone is there to help and guide you, yet you have to do the work. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. Oh, my gosh. Are we going to talk about ships here? I think we might be talking some ships here. Some ship? (laughs) I'm so excited to introduce you to my dear friend, Fraser Brooks. A little bit about Fraser. He is a second-generation network marketer, and he went to his first event in 1987, but not in the way I went to my first event in 1989. Um, he went to his first event in 1987 in the womb of his mother, and he went to see his. He went on to see his parents earn eight figures from the industry. And in 2010, he decided to begin his career as a distributor, and in five years, built a business with over 300,000 customers using social media. Oh my gosh, he's spoken. In, 30 different countries. He um, has some amazing books that you're going to love, which is I Dare You. And the second one is I Double Dare You. That made me smile when I first heard your book was I Dare You because 
at the end of every time when I do a closing at a conference, I always end it with, I dare you some. Anyway, he has an awesome podcast called the Network Marketing Ninja Podcast. He's helped hundreds of thousands of network marketers around the world to really start, promote, and grow their business online. He has a Success Summit. We'll talk all about this. It's a it's a the biggest generic event in Europe. He's an um, he's a newlywed, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys are newly newlywed, and uh, I just am beyond grateful to have you here to just talk about life, about being an entrepreneur, about what stops people in their ships. <laughs> Probably wonder what the heck I'm talking about. So welcome, 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 Frazier. Let's talk life. Let's go for it. Tell us a little bit. So you were in the womb in 2000, I mean, in uh, 2000, in 1987, going to your first event. I went to my first uh, network marketing event in 1989, and I had the I'm too cool syndrome, but I was not in the womb. I was actually, oh my gosh, I was in my 20s, 24, 25. I thought that life, I was supposed to do life a certain way, right? Go to school, get a job, do this and that. And so when I showed up at that event, I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm not going to go do that. So let's talk. What have you learned? I mean, you've, like you said, you've traveled to 30 different countries and you do your own events, you've written books. What have you learned that everybody needs to hear now when I believe everybody's snoopy ears are finally up, right? <laughs> like, what's up? Like, people have maybe, they've had a certain job and they thought that they were going to have that job forever or they would never consider certain industries or wouldn't consider social media to grow their business. Give us your, share your magic with us. Well, I think first and foremost, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, it's so great to be able to, to be able to speak to you and also share the message with, with your audience and the incredible people out there who are listening in. And so I just want to th- thank you. And I also want to thank the listeners uh, for tuning in to, to this as well. So I've learned over the years in network marketing, love it or hate it, you know, regardless what your opinion is of it, it's made me the person I am today. Like every single second of my entire life, I've been around network marketing. 97 plus percent of the conversations that I have with my dad are net about network marketing. Imagine that. Just think about all the conversations you've had with your parents and think 97% of them if it was around one topic that you both absolutely loved. So I learned at about age 24. So I started in personal development when I was seven years old. My uh, my one role as a seven-year-old was I had to have a journal and a pen, and I had to write down the name of the speaker in the room. And I, I've listened to thousands and thousands and thousands of speakers, not as many as Lauren, but thousands and thousands of speakers. So I'd have to write down the name of the speaker, and I would have to give them a score out of 10 and the reason why I gave that score. Wow. And I scored probably about 1,200 people um, from age seven. I've still got the journal. I have to dig it out. It's, it's probably one of the things that I would value the most in my life. And I just, I, I really figured out really early on what, what, how, to, how to become a world-class speaker, engaging speaker. But I also figured out the two things that I believe everyone needs to do every single day to live life extremely, extremely happy. And that is learn something new and help someone new. That, that, that's it. If I can grow by learning something, 
and I can and I can I can I can serve by helping someone. Like growth and serve, like what what more do you, what more do you want to do? Um, you know, so I, I just I became super positive by by doing that, and I've probably done that every single day for the last. 12, 13, 14 years since I was probably about 18, 18 years old. I've really like just focused on what have I learned today? Who have I helped today? What have I learned today? Who have I helped today? Some of the, some of the service is huge. Some of it small, right? On a Sunday morning when I don't feel like it, I'm thinking, right, okay, who can I, you know, who can I send a quote to? Who can I send a voice message to? What can I do to help them? And I've just been, I've just got addicted. I've been obsessed uh, with, with success but I would say this, the success, the short-term obsession was my own success. The, long, the long-term obsession was the, the success of other people. Um, and I, I will always think that, that Jim, Rohn, um, Jim Rohn's definition of success, that uh, you know, success is determined by the number of times your name is mentioned in other people's success stories. That is just, I think, the ultimate definition of success. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm just excited to be able to have a platform um, and also be in a situation where people will actually listen to me. When I think back to my, uh, my beginning, I was the biggest loser going, biggest loser going. But I believe that inspiration comes from progression. I believe when people can see you go from zero to hero, when people can see you go from loser to legend, when people can see you go from nothing to something, I think that's when people now, they realize whoa, hang on a minute, like, that's someone who I need to be in touch with. That's someone I need to follow. That's someone I need to grow from. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been one heck of a journey. That's been for sure. But I've loved every single taken, I've already taken a page of notes, just FYI, in the first uh, however many minutes that we have been talking. And uh, I hope that you all are as well. Okay, so I have a question for you. Oh, I have a question. When you were scoring all of those people back then, who got, did you ever remember giving somebody just like a total like negative one score and why'd they get that negative one score? You got, look at your eyes. If you can't see his eyes, you know, cause some of you are listening, <laughs> you're like, he's like, oh yeah, big eyes. What was it? Was it that you felt that they were taking, that they weren't adding value? Like what was it? What did you learn from that person that you gave a really low score to? Now, bearing in mind, I was seven, eight from age seven to maybe age 15. That's probably. Right. You were most tuned in. I'm just going to just put that out there as a, as a mama. Like, you know, that's when you really don't buy into the BS because you're young. I'm curious. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the people who got less than three mm -hmm. were information tutorial-based. So, like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. There was no story. There was no engagement. There was no humor. There was no interaction. There was no movement. It was just stand on the stage in the spot where you were given the microphone, right? In the middle of the stage, at the back mainly, you're just getting swallowed up, holding the thing and looking at the slides. And as soon as they had slides, I was like, I'm looking at the slides and I'm not looking at the speaker. Mm -hmm. That's like that. That's just weird. That's like looking. That's look like looking at the cinema without watching the movie. It's just absolutely, it's just absolutely pointless. So I, I identify real quick that the people who got the eights, nines, and tens were, and you, you guys have heard this a million times, were the storytellers, were the storytellers that had energy, passion, um, a journey, 
uh, engagement was one of the big ones. I loved it. I loved it as a kid when the person would walk into the audience uh, and kind of ask questions and say, hey, what do you think? And like point people out and you could see people like, don't, don't pick me, don't pick me, don't pick me. And then they got picked and they would be like, oh, uh, I, I did it. Yeah, did you see? Did you get that? Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, it's just information instead of kind of experience. And I believe you tell stories for an experience. You give information if you just want to bore people. So, um, well, I always say that the two best ways are through stories and, and putting people in an experience. And it's interesting now with everything that's happening in the world. I mean, this is a great opportunity for the world to wake up, I think, um, and just look like how we've been teaching, maybe how schools have been teaching. You know, maybe this, uh, this, this, this mandatory pause has got people to think differently about how to teach, right? Now parents are out there um, doing things in the kitchen with their kids, keep, you know, teaching their um, videos or showing them different, you know, maybe that they're learning by watching them do the work with them or doing time management with them. What, um, and the, so you learned this from network marketing, but this could be for anything, right? We say how you do anything is how you do everything. When maybe there are some people who are still like, oh my God, like network marketing, like really talk about some of the people that maybe have left their, you know, you've seen them leave like the job they thought they were supposed to have and really found themselves by, by network, you know, through network marketing or what you, what you've learned from them. I, I, I've learned, I've learned a thousand lessons. Uh, and, and you know what? I think, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned was a short pencil beats a long memory. Um, but it sounds so basic and obvious, but once you've written it down, it's yours. Like, I'm not saying you own it. If you hear something that Tony Robbins says or Lauren says or, or you know, any of her incredible friends say, it doesn't mean it's yours. Like, you know, if Tony said it, it's Tony's. But if you've got it in your notepad, like, you will use it at some point in your life. And I just realized that, the more things that I could, in, the more things that I could jot down, the more stories, the more analogies, the more you know lessons that I could write out, the more I could share, and the more money that I'd be paid in, in the future because that's how I'm serving. I'm serving through stories. As not as I've heard so many incredible stories. Actually, your story is of how you got started is one of the stories that I share, probably more than most around the industry without knowing all the specifics. I just know, I know that the, the point of it, right? Oh. Um, but, but what I what I found and what I realized was the biggest moment that happened to me, and I'll share this story real quick. So I was eight years old. We had drove from the Northwest of the UK, which is where we were from in the North of Liverpool, down to the Southeast of the UK, where my grandparents lived in a place called, a place called Maidstone in, in the County of Kent. And we were there. And it was raining so heavy that we weren't able to leave. And as an eight-year-old and my brother who was six, it was so boring, super boring. And my dad one day was like, you know, we've got to figure out how to keep the kids occupied. You know what? Come meet me in the conservatory. Now, a conservatory is basically like a, an outbuilding that's attached to the house. And it's usually made of like strong plastic or, or glass if you've got the money to be able to have a, a good one. But you can hear the rain just pounding on the ceiling, like boom, 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 boom. It's deafening. And we sit around this, this circular table. I remember it still today. It's got like kind of brown, kind of like arms and a glass top. And my dad pulls out a piece of A4 piece of paper, 
plain white, double-sided, gets a pen and says, we're going to go around the table and we're going to design our dream home. Imagine one day we could build our own house and we're just going to design it. Julie, you're first. My mom's name's Julie. Julie, Fraser, Corbin. My, my brother's name's Corbin. My dad's name's Simon. Julie, Fraser, Corbin. Julie, big kitchen. All right, obvious. Dad's rolling his eyes. Fraser, you. TV in every bedroom. Okay. Corbin, you. A snooker table. Julie, you. An outside kitchen. Uh, Fraser, you. Uh, hot tub. Corbin, you. Double glazing. Whatever the list was, right? And we filled this piece of paper. And my dad said to me, he said, right, you do know that our family's path is going to be is going to be decided on the choice that we make right now. We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad, we've heard you say this a million times, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he said, you got, you got a decision. We can take a portion of the spare time that we have and instead of spending it with you, we will dedicate it to the business. And after 10 years, we'll build the dream home. Or we can take all of our spare time and dedicate it to you. We'll go on bike rides. We'll play computer games. We'll play in the garden. We'll do so much fun stuff. But we won't have the, we'll most likely not have the dream home in 10 years. It might take 30, 40 years, right? What do we decide? Me and my brother, without even thinking, dream home. Like, dream home. My mom was like, okay, dream home. And my dad was like, you could see it. He was like, yes, dream home. That's what I wanted. 10 years later, my dad built a dream home. Wow. And the funny thing was, is that when we went through that journey from age eight to 18, I thought he was being selfish. I thought he was being selfish by, hang on a minute. Like, he literally is taking his spare time. And if I want him, it's like, ah, ah business time. Building the business. Dream home. And he got the buy-in for us, but I thought he was selfish. But the most powerful thing happened in my entire life, nothing will ever beat it in my opinion, is we're outside the, these huge gates of this now $6 million mansion time he built it, all from commissions he made on social, uh, through uh, network marketing. And he said, listen, we're getting my mom's like bawling. She's like tears going everywhere. My dad's like quite, uh, quite he holds his emotions back a lot, but you can tell he's just full of pride like he's, this is just like such a powerful moment in his life me and my brother i'm 18 my brother's 16 now and he pulled he says we're going to open the gates and you're going to want to run in the house and you're going to want to see all the bricks plants carpets everything you're going to want to explore the dream home that we finally built but before we do that there's one thing i ask and he pulls out a piece of a4 paper with writing all over it. It's not white anymore. It's like this off-white, yellowy kind of color. He pulls it out and he says, I want to make sure I've got everything covered. Opens the gates. He ticks the gates off. There's a, like a six-foot Italian bonsai tree. Ticks it off. Big kitchen. Ticks it off. Huge office. Ticks it off. Uh, snooker table. Ticks it off. Outdoor kitchen. Ticks it off. Everything, everything, everything ticked off. And it, it, for some bizarre reason, I thought, hang on a minute. I, I took myself right back to age eight and thought, hang on. It went Julie Fraser Corbin, Julie Fraser Corbin. I said to him at that moment, I said, dad, what did you, what did you write on the list? Mm. And he wrote, said, read the very top thing. And it said, our dream home. That's the only thing he wrote on the list. And I said to him, I didn't say to him, sorry. I turned around and thought, that guy's my hero. Yeah. And I felt in that moment, so proud for my dad, but at the same time, wow. 
what a what a loser that I've been for the last 10 years thinking that my dad had been selfish when in fact he was being selfless. He was doing everything for me. He was sacrificing his time for the benefit of my brother, me and my mom. And I didn't tell him then, but that was the day that he became a hero. That was the day that he became a hero. And I don't know, you know, success in business. Yeah, you could have the Jim Rohn one, but success in life is most likely saying that your son or your daughter could call you their hero. Um, and I would say, I know it's, it's it's a longer story for the point that we've mentioned, but it's, it's you know, the, the idea of making a decision as a family and, and holding yourself accountable to that and doing everything you can for the benefit of your family is just, it's just why I love network marketing so much because it just gives that vehicle for families to just change their lives. So, yeah. I'm over here crying my eyes out. And <laughs> because I remember that, you know, I remember that day too. Like I'm the dream home for my kids, but I remember saying to my kids, look, I need your help. You know, mommy needs to focus on this. I need your help. You know, I need so-and-so to be in charge of doing this. And when I'm on calls, I need to do this and that. And here's what we're going to be able to do. But it's there's going to be times that I'm not going to be able to go to your games. There's going to be times that I'm not going to be able to attend some of the things that you're doing. And I remember it wasn't always pretty. Like like you said, like they didn't, they didn't love it all the time. And then I went through a divorce as well, which made it even, I think, more, you know, hard to believe in the dream sometimes. It, 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 like the, at times maybe the... They might have like questioned the dream, but I, it's funny that you said what you just said, because my whole thing that I say all the time is that we need to be the heroes that our kids seek in the world, that they look at that, look at us and they go, that's my mom, my mom, that's my mom. And you know, I, I will tell you, there's nothing, there, there's nothing better than your kids saying, wow, you had a vision. I knew you, you were willing to give up some of the things that even I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to take my kids and do some of those things, but I knew I had to hunker down. Why do you think people lose sight of the vision and give up on it? When they know that there's that, when they know that it, you know, like, you know who my, you know, my upline and my mentors are in the business and many sidelines, but they, you know, Keith Cunningham says you got to get in line and stay in line. Why do you think so many people get out of line or just say, oh, it's not possible, not me? What do you think happens that you've seen? I think a lot of people don't think the work is worth it. I think that they think, I think that they think that, hang on, I'm doing all this work. I'm not seeing the payoff just yet. Is what I'm doing just a waste of time? Is what I'm doing ever going to get me there? I mean, my, my upline, the person who brought me into this business, doesn't seem to really have what I have. I mean, their uplines, 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 uplines has, but I mean, my initial upline hasn't. And they're telling me what to do, but like it's not working for them and I'm doing it. I'm not seeing the results just yet. And I just believe in, in the business model of network marketing, you do a lot. In entrepreneurship, to be fair, you do a lot for a little in the beginning mm -hmm. and in the end, you do a little for a lot. Yeah. Um, I just, I just think a lot of people just don't make it through that because you know they just, they don't, they don't have the clarity. They think it's a motivation issue, but it's not. It's a clarity issue. They haven't got the clarity. They haven't got that person saying, you know what, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. You're on the right track. Having that accountability check in. I think a lot of people just uh, lack, lack the kind of, uh, or what's Tony say, the re, the resource, the resourcefulness, right? Yeah. The idea of like, you know what, my upline's not capable. I'm gonna go upline. But they're like, oh no, I can't do that. That's not. That's like betraying. That's like that's like being a traitor to my upline. No, it's not. That's the process. And if you just if it's entrepreneurship, it's you know my mentor don't think they've got what I want them to get, what I want to get. So I need to go find another mentor. Yep. 
um, whether you're paying for it or you're giving it through family or whatever. Um, I think I think I think I think that's got a big thing to do with it. Just really getting the clarity of understanding. If I just keep doing it, yeah. doing it and doing it, I'll win. I love that. It's that it's not a motivation issue. It's a clarity issue, right? And I love that. So let's talk about what's happened, especially over the past uh, 14 years, because I actually did start my business on um, social media. I started 2007. When I started in 2007, I started October 2007. I was teaching these programs in Fiji at Life Mastery. I had a two-hour break in the middle of every day. And I was like, well, shoot, if I'm going to grow my business, I better hunker down during that two hours. You know, like that's going to be my prime time. And I was like, well, how am I going to reach out to people? I can't call them. And, and I started thinking about, well, how can I add value on social media, right? Back then, it was actually social media, <laughs> add value. It's like the two things you just said, what can I do to learn something new and teach something new? I think that's really how I started with social media. And I, I remember so clear, oh my God, I remember that I would go to conferences and I'd be like, okay, guys, 250,000 people are so on Facebook, you should probably jump on. I remember going, 500,000 people on social media, on Facebook, you should probably jump on. I remember the next, the third year going, okay, it's like 2 million people, you should probably jump on. And people were still saying to me, oh, Lauren, it's a fad. It's not, I remember, and you know what happened? I had so much certainty and I had so much clarity that I knew that it was coming, but guess what happened? I started to buy into it. And my, guess what? My business rocked. I mean, everything in my life was rocking those first three years, 2007 to 2010. And I started to lose clarity because people, not because of me losing clarity, but I started to buy into the BS that was around me. Does that make, I would love just for us to say, and guess what happened? That's when um, I started to just kind of go, well, maybe they're right. Huh, maybe, maybe this social media thing isn't great. So I kind of like, stop doing as much in it. And guess what happened? Somebody else had heard me talking about social media and they like exploded with regards to it. But let's talk, I'm, I see you smiling about this. I, you want to share a little bit about that? Mm. Yeah, no, I, totally. I, th I think a lot of the times we, we, we hold ourselves back because we are too worried about what other people are going to say and think about what we're doing. Like, I, I think, I, I always say that it's, it's a vicious cycle. The more you think, the more you doubt. The more you doubt, the less you do. The less you do, the more you think, the more you think, the more you doubt. And it's just, you get caught in this spiral of like, I'm thinking, so then I'm doubting, so I'm not doing. And when I don't do, I think about it. And then I think, and doubt, doubt kills action, but action kills doubt. Like that's, that's the, that's the aim of the game. So just flipping do it. And you know what? I think it's possibly some of the most frustrating advice when someone says, just do it. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it's possibly the most frustrating piece of advice. I, one of my one of my favorite YouTube clips is the um, "Just Do It" speech by Art Williams. Uh, it, it, it's just one of my yeah, one of my absolute favorites. I love that speech because I'm prepared to understand what he's talking about. But a lot of people are like yeah, but do what? So it comes back to clarity. So again, the motivation is like I'm motivated to use Facebook because I feel good right now, but in a week's time, when I get no likes and no comments and no shares, I'm like, uh, not motivated anymore. How do I get, how do I get out of this slump? It's because you've got no clarity. You've got no idea what to post, when to post, how to post, what's working, you know, uh, what's going to, what's going to get you more traffic. What's going to get you fans, followers, raving fans, engagement, shares, likes, loves, like 
what's going to what's going to do that? Because when you get that clarity, and I, I believe that consistency is the key. But again, it's flipping frustrating. Just do it and keep doing it every day and you'll win to just do what and just keep doing how do I keep doing it every day when I'm not getting the results so for me we talk about alignment a lot I'm getting so I'm getting on this uh, fired up run that I'll go on so just tell me to slow down or stop because I can go I can keep no no I want you to keep going I want you to slow down for one second because otherwise we're gonna have to rewind what you said about the whole doubt the whole cycle so just slow down just a second and just take us through and then let's talk about social media and what works now versus what might have worked in 2007 but doesn't work now. And there probably are some things that still work. Okay, so so do that do that awesome canter again that you just did. Yeah, the more the more you think, the more you doubt. The more you doubt, the less you do. The less you do, the more you think. The more you think, the more you doubt. The more you doubt, the less you do. The less you do, the more you think. The more you think, the more you doubt. The more you doubt, the less you do. Less you do think, right? And it goes right. It goes around in a vicious cycle, right? So, um, but I, I'm a great believer in, in, in alignment, um, in, and I think I think alignment has a lot to do with consistency. And I believe the things you need to align is the vision that you have for your future self. Talking about vision, what you mentioned before, the vision you have for your future self, and the belief and the clarity and the plan that you have to get there because if you don't have the belief and clarity and the plan to get there you flipping won't do it if you have a vision to be a seven-figure income earner but you have no belief and clarity in the plan that you've got you ain't gonna do it you ain't gonna be consistent you just aren't but if you know that you know what i want to make i want to make a hundred thousand a year and hey the person who's teaching me and showing me the roads they're doing a hundred two hundred three hundred thousand a year like I flip and believe in what they're doing and I've got clarity. It's pretty simple. So you'll do it every single day. Um, when it comes to social media, so I got started, I would say professionally um, in 2010. Um, so that started where I started to doubt. Right? Right? And when I started, so when you started, there was like, what, 100,000, 200,000 probably active users. 250,000. I, I remember the very first talk that I did, in, and I said, and that was, so it was 2008, and I said, you guys, 250,000 people are on Facebook. You might want to jump on. Then the next year was 500,000, the year that you got going, where I like knew I was on a roll. I really want to dive into this, where, especially with regards to anybody, whether it's network marketing or just being an entrepreneur. Like, you're rocking. You know that you're rocking. You could feel that momentum building, but then that doubt, somebody does something to create some doubt, even though you, it's still pulling you and you know it's still working, right? Like the year that it was like, like I said, it was like a million people, probably on, right? Yeah. Well, so yeah. So I, I, when I, when I kind of got started, it was, there was no inbox. You couldn't like, you could just, you could just write on someone's wall. So I remember like the awkward moments where I would go on, I would go on a night out with my friends and we would see like a, you know, a hot girl in a red dress or whatever it might be. And I would write on their wall the next day, like, Hey mate, great night out. God, how amazing was that girl in the, in the hot dress in the red, in the red dress? Like <laughs> who, who does that? Like, no, like who does that? But that's, that's just, it was just different. So a lot has changed, but here's what I'll say. I, I ask people this at events. I'll say, I'm going to give you two words, and I want you to let me know what word you feel you would like to put closer to your heart. Number one, or what's the word, one word that you, you just love the most out of the two? The first word is trust. The second word is test. 
So almost everyone, there's always the odd person who puts their hand up for trust, uh, for, for test. But the majority of people say trust. And here's the thing, especially in network marketing, and it works, it works in, in entrepreneurship as well, is trust the fundamentals, test the tactics. So you trust the fundamentals of network marketing, you trust the fundamentals of personal development, you trust the fundamentals of entrepreneurship, but then you test the tactics, you test using Facebook, you test using Instagram, TikTok, MySpace, AOL Messenger, Insta, LinkedIn, um, Clubhouse. You test them. Do you trust that it works? You don't flipping know if it's going to work in the beginning. It's it's flipping brand new. No one knows it's going to work. But you trust the fundamentals because it's worked for time and time and time and again. You and your mentors have been teaching the fundamentals for flipping decades because it works. But social media... Like you gotta, it's just tactics. It's tactics, tactics, tactics. So um, I'm a great believer in live video. Uh, obviously, you know, you go you go to an event and you can, you you watch someone on stage for three days and that's it. All you keep thinking about and talking about is that person. They've become a raving fan. You go to one of Tony Robbins events or the ones that you're speaking at and you you speak for hours upon hours upon hours. I believe I believe online it's just over eight hours of content. Uh, video content and then you just like yeah like uh, you got to go check this person out their content's amazing you know their lives are great their stories are great uh, and that's why I'm a great believer in live video so if you're using social media you have to be doing video-based content you have to otherwise you'll get left behind everyone every day live video or what? what is the what is it is, is it going live in your stories is it going live in what is it I'm curious. So uh, here's an interesting one, right? So if you look at like reality TV shows that are on every day, the people who watch it all the time and the people who are like loyal to the program, but the people outside are like, nah, I'm not going to give that a go. Like you guys are all a bit cultish and a bit like, nah, you're in the, the fan clubs and I'm not. But if a show is on every week, like let's say Breaking Bad is on every week, uh, yeah, come on, come on now, right? <laughs> so if it, if a show is on every week, right? If the show's on every week and you're like, oh, you've got to watch it, it's amazing. Instead of being like, yeah, well, it's a bit of a cult. It's like, all right, I'll give it a go. Like, like why not? So it might be a bit of a weird analogy to use, but I'm, I'm a great believer in once or twice a week is all you need unless or when you hit the, the phase where you have fans who are literally begging just to see you, see your, see your face and, and, and hear your voice, um, which sounds crazy, but it flipping happens when people start watching. When you've got enough people who have watched eight to 10 hours of your content, game on, game on, it's game on. So um, more people like I got, how do you get more people so that more people can see it? Cause I feel like, um, you know, I have, have a lot of people go, oh my gosh, I watched your live. I'm like, well, why did I see that you watched my live, right? Like I see all of these people that they're, it's showing that a thousand people watch their live. And I'm sitting here, I did one this morning, I'm looking at it right now. And it was, let's hear your menopause hacks because lovely is going through menopause, right? And um, people, but I was like, oh, I thought a lot more people would be, you know, would be viewing it. With my 5,000, 10,000 people, I'm just being honest here. I just like, and then I, and then I see people watch, do these like really whatever ones. And I'm like, how do they get so many people watching it? So is there a, hmm? 
it's frustrating. Right? The content's gold, right? We know that the, the content is gold, but why isn't it getting seen? So here's the thing. On social media, you have to be known for something and not everything. Like 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 in, in business, I suppose, right? You gotta be you gotta niche down or niche down, depending on how you want to wear, how you uh, which part of the world you come from, right? Um, but here's the basics of the acronym. Here's the basics of the algorithm or, or visibility. I use the acronym MATE, the word MATE, and we'll break it down. So the M is for message. So you have to get the right message. The A is for audience. So you have to get the right message in front of the right audience. The T is for timing. So you've got to get the right message in front of the right audience at the right time. And then the E is what you get, and that's engagement. And content is king, but engagement is queen. Mm. And we all know the most important piece on the chessboard is the queen. There's no kingdom without the queen. The, the queen rules the house. Um, in most cases, and a lot of cases, I'm definitely going to be opening up and saying that's the case in my household. So, um, so here, here's the thing: if you're talking about if you're talking about travel all the time on your page, you need to actively be going out there and finding, following, adding people who are also passionate and interested about travel. If your audience is made up of people who love travel, who love food, who love fashion, who love dogs, who love personal development, who love Tony Robbins, who love Eric Worre, who love Lauren, who love podcasts, only a fraction of them are going to actually see the post because the algorithm is going to sort on relevance. Right. They're going to go, oh, I've got no interest in podcasts. Why am I seeing that? So one of the keys is really identifying what am I going to post about if it's going to be about travel, you only really make travel-based uh, content. But if you're going to do a live about about if you're going to do a live about travel, then during the live you would mention. So I'm going through that time, you know. I'm going through through the, the different times in my in my lifetime. You would touch on it inside of the main piece of content. And by doing this, what happens is a large majority of your audience see the, see the content right away. So they love it, comment on it, share it. Facebook, Instagram then go, whoa, this post is going faster than a lot of other posts. We need to show it to more people. And then it just, you know, exponential kind of growth and it just kind of compounds and uh, momentum. Interesting. I love that because I remember hearing years ago, there was a, a kid at a conference I was at, and he was the first one to um, hack into an iPhone. He was one of the... Uh, and he was sharing that, you know, TV is now the radio and the new TV is social media. And like, what do you want your channel to really be about? You know, but I love how you even broke it down a, um, a lot more for me with regards to that. So this is relevant to anybody with it, with regards to just being an entrepreneur. So what have you seen for entrepreneurs, what are the biggest mistakes that they make other, other than not being consistent? I love what you just shared about that content is king and that the engagement is queen. And I just finished watching the Queen's, what was it? The Queen's? Oh, that like extraordinary. Gold, gold, real good. I've, I've actually, this is my second time watching the series. I loved it that much. Um, I, we're just me my and our Rottweilers, we were all glued to the TV watching it. I mean, they literally, I think, were watching the show. But what, for, as entrepreneurs, do you think that it's like, I think you, you hit a point, I know for me personally, that we spread ourselves too thin, we're, we're not clear about the message. Um, what do you think that it is that, that people are missing the mark on as entrepreneurs? So, 
And, and hey, guys, I, I, you, you guys who are listening and you haven't already smashed that subscribe button and left a five-star rating and review, I, w- I would massively appreciate it just to show lo- just to show Lauren some love uh, <laughs> for putting this together. And I massively appreciate it. So um, I'm a great believer. And, and obviously, I love network marketing, so I usually use network marketing. But I'm going to kind of switch out of this and go into just generic entrepreneurship. I, I hope you guys can hear the passion that I have for the industry that I'm in. And you guys should have the same about the industry you're in. Um, but... I think a lot of entrepreneurs building on social media now get a bit sucked in to the idea of you can't scale free, right? So you can't scale organic strategies. You need to run ads. And yes, as an entrepreneur, if you want to get you want to get some sort of predicted traffic into your world, then running ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube ads, TikTok, TikTok ads, Google ads, all that is amazing. But what I've been able to master, and you can speak to the ad agencies and you can show them my ads and they will most likely turn around to you and say, how the heck is he getting that much of engagement on an ad? And here's the thing. I've taken the time to create the organic growth and organic engagement so that when people see my posts, whether it's an ad or not, they want to engage on it because I'm taking the time to engage back with them. Now, if you're an entrepreneur and you're like, yeah, but Fraser, I can't spend like 30 minutes a day just engaging with people. It's not worth my time. Hire someone, teach them the words and the keywords and the emojis. I know it sounds ridiculous. You can have a meeting with someone and talk to them about the words you use and, and the emojis. Oh, so for example, I always use the word, if you're a man, I will use the word mate because I just find it's a great way to connect, to create some sort of connection, break the ice. If you're a woman, I'll call you legend or superstar. That's it, right? I won't call you hun, babe, any of that. I'll say legend, superstar, always make people feel good. And then I'll always use a love heart. Hey, I'm going to throw it at my tribes full of love. So if you don't like the love heart, something wrong with you, not me, right? It's not, not on me if you don't like the love heart. I'll use the love heart. I'll use the star emoji. I'll use the, the hands up and like the... the hands up like emoji. I'll use the high five emoji or the prey emoji. I'll use the dance emoji, the rocket emoji, the fire emoji. And the team know that. Mm-hmm. So they will then go into the business page, the business page posts, and they'll just do that. They'll just do that for me. They love it because I'm, I'm, I'm helping give them creating some hours of work for them. And the fans love it as well because they get, they're getting, you know, the business is, is replying to them. So folk have some sort of organic strategy with your business so that it has a knock-on effect with when you run the paid things. It's, that's been a game changer for me. So, uh, Quinn, I don't know if you've met my son, Quinn. Yeah. And so Quinn, you know, started with his Instagram and he's like, mom, I want to be an influencer who, who actually has an influence. And everybody's like, what are you doing, you know, to, to build your page? He goes, uh, I engage with people. I, you know, he goes, I don't care how many followers I have. I just care about the engagement. And like you said, so many times I think people get obsessed with how many, how many followers do I have? And they're not even real followers. And they forget that the, the goal is to build a relationship with these people and let them know that their comment actually counts, right? Yeah. Their comment counts. So the, 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 only, the only, I'll tell you this, and it is probably right for a lot of other kids or you know parents or whatever the real reason why i love my mom and dad is because they loved me first mm-hmm. and i think that when it comes to social media you're only going to get love when you give love mm-hmm. like it, it's it's all it is and i just believe that that social media has been such a bad thing for for the for society and it's so many ways 
but it's been an incredible thing for so many ways. Like just giving, like I, I've recently gone on a, a bit of a, a mission. I did, started it on Thursday. We're only kind of doing like a, a week's thing where I'm getting everyone to, um, you, their profile photo, it's got to have a bright, courageous, popping background. So loads of like faces with pink backgrounds, yellow backgrounds, orange backgrounds, purple, green, just to add color onto social media because it's so boring. It's just like white and blue and purple, like flooding color. And, and it's, it's amazing to see the news feeds just full of full of this bright color. And it's, it's bringing, bringing light in a, in a relatively dark time that we're, we're in right now. And I love what you just said, you know, like really what our outcome is to do is like just to really let people know that you care, you know, and that they matter. And that's it, you know, and like you said, your parents let you know that you matter, right? Your vision, your dream mattered, your everything mattered, you know, um, matters to them. So, and that could mean th that their post, there's somebody commenting that it matters. Um, it's so, so, so important. Well, I have, I could go on for hours, for hours, for sure. But uh, let me, how, first of all, how can people find out more about you and how to work with you? So uh, if you if you're listening on a, if you're listening on a podcast, then you can go check me out Network Marketing Ninja Podcast. I will tell you this: if you're not in network marketing, it won't be relevant. So if you want to follow along in my journey and how I can help you with more entrepreneur-based tips, then you can go find me on uh, on Instagram, which is at Fraser Brooks Online. But yeah, and if you do, do me a favor: just just message me, audio message me on on, on Instagram, and just say, hey, just listen to that podcast episode you did with Lauren Half. Um, let me know that you subscribed and gave a five star rating or review, uh, and maybe I can get to know you and your story a little bit more. <laughs> well, I want to thank you first of all for all that you have done to support so many people within the you know within the profession and as entrepreneurs, as well as just um, the people that are part of you know, our team around the world. I mean, you are a legend for sure. And if so many people remember and give them clarity about what it is and why they're, they're, why they're doing what they're doing. And that means the world to me, but like, cause like you said, what's our job is once you, again, is to learn something and teach something new to people. And I mean, I just remember when you went over to Australia and I started seeing all these emojis on it. It was like, Frazier's teaching us about emojis. I'm like, what is up with the emoji thing? And what's up with the, like you said, now I know the legend. Now I know why. And I was just writing down my words of what I use so that I can teach my team. I was just thinking, what are the words that I use when I'm referring to women and referring to men? So um, I appreciate that. Okay, final question. What is something that you do to stay true to yourself? Oh, so this is a bit of a weird one, um, I suppose, but I find it very difficult to do that, ask, the, ask that question or do an exercise to myself. So I think about the person in my life who is the most humble, unaffected by anything, calm-headed person who will tell me straight and clip me around the ear if I was acting like a fool. Um, and it's my 90, soon to be 91 year old grandmother. So I will call her every now and again, when I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of losing my humility. Uh, and I will just reach out and say, I call her Gan, G-A-N. Um, Gan, how are you? Like, hope you're doing good. Let me tell you a story. Tell her. And she's like, yeah, like, you know, if it's a worry that doesn't involve, if, if, it's, if it's a worry that involves finances, it's nothing to worry about. If it's a worry that doesn't involve finances, then yeah, maybe you can kind of worry about it. And she was the one who told me, 
listen, as long as you stay honest to yourself and other people, hungry to help yourself and other people and stay humble, then in my eyes, you will have, you will have been a success. And I would say that as weird as the answer is, that is probably how I stay true to myself by, by getting her to just send it back to me. Like you're doing all right. Cause I hate, I guys, I doubt myself a lot. Um, I wonder if like, should I really be in this situation? Should I really be in this position? I self, I, I self-sabotage. I just do. I think it's a part of everyone's journey. Um, and the doubt comes in and sometimes I just need that sign about when she sadly passes on, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, I'll find a way cause that's what I do. But Right now, she she's my uh, she's my she's the kind of mirror that I that I kind of need to to kind of talk back to myself. So true, and I think there's a lot that we should be learning from this generation um, that we maybe not some of us aren't honoring as much as maybe we should. I'm getting ready to plan a trip to go see my mom. You know, she's 85 right now, but my aunt she just turned a hundred, and I remember when I went to go see her. And I go, gosh, you know, I really upset my dad when I moved from North Carolina to, to California. And you know what she said to me? Yes, you did, right? She's like, there was no BS there. She just told me the truth, right? And I think that's what we're all hungry for now, too, is just the truth about things. And uh, finding somebody that you know is just going to shoot it to you straight. I love what you just said as well that she said. My husband says the same things. He goes, if money can handle it if money can, then it's not a problem mm -hmm. you know yeah, I, I i i it's so true there's that five there's the, the rule of five the five the five rule um i think if it doesn't matter in five years from now don't spend more than five minutes worrying about it um but i'll tell you this for anyone out there who wants to write a book serious about it in the personal development space i seriously think and there might be books like this out there i just haven't come across one i seriously think take the time to identify 100 people who are 100 years old yeah. and go in yeah. like what's the biggest lessons you've learned in life yeah and because i tell you what the, the older the people are who have lived life and the, the lessons that they teach on later on in their life are just simple yet effective and we really forget them yeah um, and I just, I just think there's definitely, there's definitely room for, for, for a book like there one day, hundred lessons from hundred year olds. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if you know this, I'm mean, going a little bit longer than, um, but you're in Dubai. I know that you're in Dubai, but one of the biggest lessons was when I came to Dubai and I was asked to speak at a conference in Dubai. My husband's like, you're going over to go speak for 30 minutes over in Dubai. Do you know where Dubai is? Have you actually looked to see how far away it is? You're going for 30 minutes. And you know when you feel that pull that you're supposed to go somewhere, you're like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. I haven't been to Dubai. And I, I, many people who know me have heard this story before, but I'll share it because you're on and you're in Dubai. And I went to the gym early in the morning, not because I wanted to go to the gym, but I had jet lag. So I went to the gym, figured that was the buffet wasn't open yet. So I figured I'd go to the gym and I went, went to the gym. And as I was at the gym, there was a woman there, a tall, beautiful woman, silver haired, and she was working out. I, she's still working out. I leave to go to the buffet and I see her at breakfast and, um, she comes up to me in the buffet line. She goes, I just saw you at the gym. And she goes, yes, I go to the gym every day. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm just getting my food. Like, okay. And she goes, you want to hear my story? And I'm like, okay, I guess so. I want to hear your story. And she first, she goes, I am uh, 82, 84, 85, something like that. She goes, 
And when I was 52, and I was 52 at the time, and she goes, when I was 52, and I'm like, okay, Snoopy, years up. She goes, when I was 52, my, I bent down to get something and my knees started to crack. And my son, who was a trainer, said, mom, your knees aren't supposed to crack when you're 52. She goes, if all you did was 40 deep knee bends, 40 push-ups, 40 sit-ups, and 10 minutes of aerobic, by the time that you're 80, you'll be able to do everything. And she goes, well, I can't even do one. He said, well, you just got to get started. So on her 80th birthday, she went up to her son. She said, I owe you my life. And he goes, what are you talking about? She goes, well, you said when I was 52, you know, 28 years ago, that if I am planning my trip around the world, and if, if I did these things, that I'd be able to do all that I wanted by the time I'm 80. And he goes, mom, do you know how many thousands and thousands of people I've told to do those 40 push-ups, those 40 sit-ups, those 40 deep knee bends in that 10 minutes? Of I mean, how many thousands of people, Frazier, have you shared these same tips with? Oh. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world in 30 different countries. He said, but mom, you actually did something. You know, you've done it. Hazel, on April 1st, so hopefully I'll make sure that this either just goes um, or, you know, goes around that same time. She is, I think she's going to be 90, you know, and she still does all of those things. You talked about it with regards to social media. You talked about it with regards to everything we do. It's consistency. Yeah. It's that consistency that builds momentum, that gets results, that leaves you, you know, the legend um, that you are. And I just want to thank you for being so consistent. I know there were times that it was tough and you just like, I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm here to, you know, to learn something. I'm here to teach something. And I just thank you for taking this hour to really teach some very, very powerful things that we all need to remember. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. All right. Thanks so much. How awesome was today? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends to join as well. I'm here for you with fabulous content, great guests, and lots of giveaways. To learn more of how I have taken what I've learned, applied it to my life, helped others find their true voice, text TRUE to 26786, which will give you my top tune-ups and a complimentary 15-minute discovery call with one of our coaches. And remember, keep in touch with me on Instagram at I am Lauren Lahav, Facebook Lauren Lahav Official, Clubhouse Lauren Lahav. Make sure you text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. Text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. And remember to always stay true to the amazing person you are.